the uncertainty was scary, but I was very pleasantly surprised by how many opportunities you can come across for yourself if you kind of just network and talk to a lot of people online and reach out to people. This is Debbie, and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friends, I know you love discovering new podcasts as much as I do. That's why I wanted to start sharing some of my favorite shows that I have been binging on. Today, I wanted to let you know about The Thought Card, which is hosted by Danielle Desir, who is a financially savvy traveler passionate about designing the life you want on your own terms. The Thought Card podcast is an affordable travel and personal finance podcast. While there's over over 75 episodes you can listen to start with episode number two i definitely recommend that because you're going to learn why you need a travel fund and how to stash extra cash to fuel your next adventure so visit thoughtcard.com to listen to the show and to get danielle's free resources On this week's episode, I speak with Jen, who is an experienced go-to market consultant who launched a travel tech startup, Laventer. Jen became a digital nomad and started a consulting business after being laid off from Uber due to the pandemic. Due to her upbringing, she had to travel often, even as a kid, and strongly believes that early exposure to different cultures is crucial to reducing prejudice and biases in the world. So listen on to find out how Jen has been able to become a digital nomad and launch a travel tech startup. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. I am so excited for my guest today. Her name is Jen. Hey, Jen, how are you? Good. Good. How are you? Thank you for having me, Debbie. Thank you so much for being here. Can you tell us more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Sure. So I've been in New York since uh, I lived in New York for most of my 20s. And, you know, after kind of going through a corporate job after corporate job, um, just really felt like just felt really unhappy and wanted to take a year off and kind of figure out what I really wanted to do. So decided to travel around and like just move to Australia temporarily. And I just traveled around for a bit with um, my main base being in Sydney and took a bunch of classes, courses that I've always wanted to take that had nothing to do with my job. And I think I've always kind of like freelance a little bit just because sometimes I felt like I wasn't really learning much at, you know, at my current job or, and just wanted to kind of broaden my horizon. So I, I uh, took on projects and when I was ready to, when I was like, when I was done with my gap year, I uh, was thinking about moving back to New York to, to get into the startup scene and then ended up getting a job at Uber here in Australia. So what kind of sort of went back to that corporate life because Uber is now a huge enterprise. And when I got laid off in May because of the pandemic, that really kind of pushed me to explore the remote options. And it was scary and just kind of because, you know, looking for clients and trying to figure out like what my online business needs to be. And after kind of getting into the, the rhythm of working remotely and kind of getting clients for my consulting business, I really realized that I never want to go back to the corporate environment. 
So really kind of committed to being that digital nomad while traveling across Australia, uh, because now here in Australia, the traveling is, um, relatively is, is, is back on. So just kind of going to different, you know, cities and, you know, experiencing what this great country has to offer while kind of building up my, um, you know, consulting business as well. And, and also kind of launched my own startup. So it's been an, it's been an interesting, interesting time. I love that. And it's such a huge thing, right? Because we're so familiar and so used to the hustle and bustle of New York City and to leave that all behind and to do something else so completely different. And because you were able to do that, it took you pretty much around the world, like, and the opposite part of the world. When you were deciding that you wanted to do this, I know you got a job for another big company. What was it like to prepare for that change? Did you do anything that allowed you to get into this new lifestyle much more smoothly, especially when you left Uber and now you're doing something on your own? Yeah, I think that the first step was talking to other people, kind of finding like a community of digital nomads and freelancers to understand what this lifestyle actually entails and how you kind of navigate, like how do you even go about finding a job, right? Because we all have to, especially if you're a digital nomad and want to travel <laughs> while working, you got you to gotta have revenue streams. So just kind of understanding what other people have done and that reduced, the, I, guess, I think, the fear of kind of getting into the lifestyle of a digital nomad. And, and I, yeah, and that's how I kind of got started. And, and, and I think the pandemic really forced a lot of interesting trends in terms of, you know, a lot of companies started creating products and improving products to, to cater to remote work. I think that was really helpful. It's so great when you're able to find communities, especially in the digital nomad space, because it seems really great when you're looking at it from the outside and you see beautiful photos of people working from everywhere. And then you talk to actual digital nomads and you see and hear the reality of it all, right? It's not just all rainbows and sunshines. It's also real life. There's also struggles that you have to go through. So when you finally did this, you're on the road, you're in a new country, what has been a reality starter for you? Because it's it's different, right? Was there anything that shocked you, surprised you during this journey? Yeah, I think there are a lot of things that I I was surprised by, sometimes pleasantly surprised by, and sometimes not so much. But I think that it was... It de- definitely in terms of, I mean, certain people who are like, you know, for instance, like writers, um, you can have like a, a pretty steady gigs as a digital nomad, but how you generate leads in terms of if you're trying to, for instance, start your own company or, you know, just find clients for your consulting business or whatever for your, the services that you can provide, just learning about how to actually go about finding clients um, and finding the work opportunities for yourself. And that's just sound initially like, you know, even when I was, when I first started the freelancing work, I still kind of had a corporate job, right? And uh, when I was just traveling and freelancing, uh, before I, you know, started with, I joined Uber, I had savings and felt less pressure. But when I felt like I'm really committing to this, the uncertainty was scary, but 
I was very pleasantly surprised by how many opportunities you can come across for yourself if you kind of just network and talk to a lot of people online and reach out to people. And there are a lot of great tools for that now. Like I met a lot of good people through uh, uh, this uh, app called Lunch Club. Have you heard of it? No, tell us more. Yeah, Lunch Club is a, it's been around for a while, but I think during the pandemic, it really took off. It's, it's a remote uh, networking site. So it matches you based on your interests and the space you're in, your, your previous kind of ex, you know, work experience and, and, and LinkedIn profile, basically. They you know, connect you with a random person somewhere and then you basically have like a quote unquote like lunch with them. So you just connect them with them for like connect with them for like an hour and just just chat. And that kind of intimate networking in a remote environment is obviously very was very appealing during the pandemic. And I met a lot of people through that. And there are like two, three people, every single person basically I met has done something for me and I've done something for them. And, you know, the current gig that I have as a, as an independent consultant, I was able to establish a more steady lead through somebody I met who introduced me to a remote based consulting firm. That is incredible. I love how you're able to still network even though you're doing it remotely. And I think, honestly, it's so much more easier when you do it that way and you don't have to leave your house, especially if you are a digital nomad. That's such a great tool to be able to use. So thank you so much for that tip, Jen. That's awesome. When you finally left Uber and you decided you needed to do something else, because obviously you have a life, you need to support yourself. How did you figure out what to do after that? Because I know you didn't want to go back to corporate and you decided to do something on your own. What was that process like for you? Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, I think I, in, after I got laid off, I probably slept for like three days. <laughs> just because I was just mentally just so exhausted. And then afterwards, I kind of had to take about a couple of weeks to really think about, I think in my heart, I knew that I wanted to um, uh, expand the freelance work that I've been, you know, I've been doing here and there, but also had to kind of really ask myself, like, are you ready for this? Are you, I knew that in my heart, I wanted to um, launch a startup. So there's this travel product idea, app idea that I've had for years. And I just kind of, when I got laid off, I just kind of thought, this is probably the the best time to to work on that. I have the push. And I felt like some things that were happening in my life were pushing me in that direction. But to make that jump, to finally decide to commit, that that took a, a while, a lot of thinking, talking to my friends, talking to my family, even asking strangers on different forums. And what really kind of got me was, again, like asking people who've done this, who launched their own startup and just kind of being like, how do I get started? Like, what do I do? I can't just start building a product. I'm not a coder. So what do I do now? And understanding like, and just kind of, just kind of like trying it out. So for instance, as a start, they were like, why don't you just start with sketching out what you want to create? So I learned a great tool called Figma, super intuitive. Uh, you know, I'm not a, there's a, a tool use that's called Sketch that you, that's used by UX designers and professionals. But Figma is, um, anybody could kind of quickly learn, pick up on it. And I just started like basically creating like wireframes for what I wanted to build. And, and it got interesting. And then I started socializing that with different people. And then, you know, found people who were interested in that idea, who pointed me in different directions to regarding like next steps. So it was very step by step 
kind of journey. I had to like dip my toes in and, and see after like a few different steps, few, like I've taken like a couple different actions. I actually realized, you know, I can do this. Anybody can do this. It's just kind of that hurdle of like, you don't really know what's, you know, on the other side was the initial blocker. That is incredible. And again, so many great resources out there. And also, if you just put yourself out there and ask questions, it's always going to happen where people will just give you so much great tips on how to do it and do it well, because they have been there and done that already. So when you have started it, you finally took those steps. How did you land your first client, Jen? Yeah. So I think for the travel app, it, it's, it's more of a free tool. So there's no sales and lead generation, but I can speak to kind of my consulting gig. I use Upwork as a start, obviously, and took on projects that I thought would look kind of, they're relevant to the co- type of consulting work that I could do. And obviously initially charge very low like fee. So, so that I can kind of get my foot in the door. And then kind of work with clients and built relationships and got a couple of referrals. And again, like most of the gigs that I got, I got through networking. And, you know, for instance, I was looking for my first real kind of consulting, really big consulting project that I did as a after Uber was I was looking to hire a designer for my travel app. And then I spoke to the design agency and we had a couple calls and he just liked me. And the way I kind of talked about product and how different research I've done and, and, and clearly kind of just indicating that I, I've spent a lot of time and, and invested a lot of time and effort into understanding what I want to build and thus kind of show different skills related to product design and go to market strategy. And he, he actually reached out to me and said, actually, we want to hire you if you're interested because we're working on building our you know, design agency and build a new platform and you know, would be interested in that. And that's how I landed my first gig. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. And then afterwards, I just kind of, you know, networked through like uh, the lunch club and met somebody who had a consulting gig through the remote consulting consulting firm called Fiddleman and Co. And they only work with contractors and freelancers and started kind of, and they do the lead generation for you. So I don't think that's very common, uh, but I think that business model will soon become more popular even after the pandemic. And it's kind of a, yeah, I, I wish I can give an answer that's like, if you do like this, 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 like it's guaranteed. It's not really like that. You just really have to like talk to people and have confidence in yourself that you know what you're talking about. Like you've have you've had enough experience, you've done your research, done your homework, you've studied and you're able to kind of talk about a subject intelligently and that that is something that they pick up on immediately so once you kind of do that there if if they they don't have opportunities to hire you for right away they will find people in their network to introduce you to and that process is guaranteed to produce some results so while i can't there's no formula that's like if you do x you know you can do you can get y i think that if you actually invest the time into speaking with different people and just talking about yourself and talking about the subject and just really trying to add value to that person, you will be able to find opportunities. Yeah. And also when you do that, 
you are authority building, right? Like you said, if you know what you're talking about, people will see that because you're not BSing anyone. You are skilled at it. And most likely if they know someone, they will recommend you. So that is such a great way to build up your network to really prove your authority and to get people to notice you that way. And it seems like you have been building up your clientele from the beginning with networking, uh, for someone who is intimidated by that, because that is a word that a lot of people are scared of, what would you say would be the best thing to do if you are not familiar or you're just not used to putting yourself out there yet? Yeah, absolutely. So one way to kind of establish authority without having to talk to a bunch of people, because I, I I know that's not, that is you know difficult for some people, especially if you're more, if you're not so uh, extroverted. And what you can do is kind of write a blog post on Medium and post it there, right, about a topic. So you can kind of send it to other people, trying to kind of promote that content. As long as you're, you know, a lot of startup founders that, that I spoke to, you know, I've gotten to know over the past couple of years, they hire, and just big company, more startups than big companies, but they hi- they've hired people based on, because they're looking for like information, right? They're like, well, how do I do this? Like, how do I, how do I do PR? Like, how do I, you know, manage my social media accounts effectively? And if you're, if they come across your content and they can tell that you, what you've posted isn't written by some higher writer that a website kind of created in order to generate you know, in order to, in, because of their SEO strategy. And then you actually go into like in, in your article goes into details about, you know, the your strategy or tactics and whatnot. You can, they will come and they will try to hire you. That happens more often than you think. So there are ways to establish authority and have, and, and bring the traffic to you directly, you know, rather than, you know, going about the way I did, which is just kind of going into the void and going to networking just to see what opportunity will present itself. So you can kind of do it that way. Yeah, I love that. There's a lot of different strategies to do it. And there's just, you know, no one way to to create those types of networks and to attract clients to to you and to yourself. That is awesome. So Jen, when you left your day job, and before setting off to being location independent, how are you able to save and budget your money to make sure that it lasts? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, until you have a project or, well, first, like, you know, you kind of have to look at the projects, for instance, because I'm a consultant, projects that you have in the pipeline and then say, well, you know, how much can I, can I earn? But the thing is, uh, you know, when you're kind of have your own, uh, when you're kind of leading your own project, you know, one of the biggest risks to your revenue stream is like somebody potentially canceling a contract, right? Whereas like in a full-time job, you're a little bit more, there's more of a certainty there that you're guaranteed a certain amount of income each, each month. So you need to kind of make sure that in your contract, you, you know, and, and, and when you're budgeting with the client, you, you set your terms correctly and clearly and align on exactly what your rates are, what the number of hours should be. If you want to have set hours or make a fixed, fixed cost and then have like cancellation terms so that, you are getting paid. So for instance, like two weeks cancellation fee so that like, you know, you haven't, you will have enough time if somebody cancels abruptly, like you will have enough income to, you will, you will have enough time to 
find new new projects like that's kind of how I looked at the top line like how in terms of making sure that I have enough money coming in and then in terms of actual spending it was more just kind of looking for deals I think deal hunting and spreading out the expenses like the challenges that I had was not only am I supporting myself and my travels and my other uh, activities my in my personal life because I started a company like a travel app I have to spend my own money, right? In terms of hiring a designer, hiring a content creator, there are a lot of different things in terms of co- the costs that are required to build a company. So did a lot of research ahead of time in terms of how much things would cost. Again, like going on, you know, talking to people, asking people, doing research. You know, for instance, I knew like lawyer fee for a, for a new startup. It was always kind of a, a struggle for a lot of people. So I like interviewed a couple of different lawyers just to get a sense of what the rates are. I went on sites like Startup School. It's a Y Combinator website. It's a free, free education platform for aspiring founders. You can go on once you kind of join that and then take some courses. There's a forum where you can just kind of ask questions to different people so you can get a sense of what the cost would be. So that's how I budgeted things by understanding cost ahead of time. So what made you decide, Jen, to stay in Australia after all of this, right? Once you left Uber, you could have gone in other places. What was it about Australia that made you decide that this was going to be your home base instead of going to other destinations? I think Australia is just so big. I've been here two years and I still haven't, I've seen more than actually some people that my friends in Sydney and they've been here you know, their whole life. And I still feel like I've maybe covered maybe 10% of the country. <laughs> so there's just so much to be explored. Like in Sydney alone, there's so many beaches. Like it's crazy. I, there's, I don't think I can even make it to all of them. They, so they have this thing called like coastal walk which is one of my favorite activities. And like, you just walk along the coast and just go to like hit a bunch of different beaches and stuff that alone would take you months. So I think that just wanting to ex- be more immersed in the culture and, and visit different areas rather than just kind of like the more known areas like, Oh, Sydney, Melbourne, you know, things like that. Um, just, you know, uh, finding different uh, places to visit, different activities, meeting locals and learning more about it. I mean, when I went to this one city called Perth and I, I was staying in a, a, a Fremantle, which is right next to Perth. And I actually looked at a couple different like, you know, tour sites, like, you know, those activity sites like TripAdvisor and went through all of the pages, meaning like I went through every single thing in that area that I could possibly do. And I got on this wine cruise thing. So it's basically like a commuter cruise boat ride that, and then they just give you, you, you buy tickets and they give you wine and you do wine tasting on the boat. So that was interesting. So I tried that out. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. And then you just, I just was talking to the people working and then they were like, Oh, you should go to Fremantle prison. I was like, what is that? I was like, they do free, uh, Fremantle t- prison tours. You can like do nighttime tour. If you want to, there's an option if you, that, where you can like, get on a boat or something and then like go underneath the tunnels. Like that's like the path that the prisoners took to escape. And I was like, why is it that I haven't seen this on any website? How is that even possible? And they just don't promote it there. Cause like, if you ask anyone, that's a place that locals recommend. So like when I started kind of feeling that way, I just felt like Australia has so much to offer. And it's just so different that, you know, 
I'm not worried about, oh, am I staying in one place? It's kind of doing the same thing. Like, you know, I can do something different, you know, on every trip, every day. And, um, but also, you know, <laughs> Australia did a really good job in terms of managing the pandemic. So I decided to hide out here until things calm down in the States. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, the, it's such a beautiful and huge country that you're right. There's just so much to explore. And I love that you're doing slow travel, you have a home base, it's much more sustainable that way, at least in my opinion, when you do it that way. But to each their own, there are some digital nomads who just love to go from place to place, which there's nothing wrong with that as long as you have the energy. But I'm with you with the having the home base and doing slow travel. I think as I get older too, I'm just like, I'm too tired for that. And I have too much things to do to to pack and unpack every like month or so. So yeah, I yeah. hear you on that. Uh, so Jen, when you are traveling and now that you have moved abroad, what type of international insurance have you used or you use? I haven't really used travel insurance in particular, but there was one that I came across a while ago, uh, which is called World Nomads. And it's like a travel insurance that you can get. And it kind of, I guess, um, gives you protection coverage across multiple countries and different activities. Like, so if you're like a skier and you want to go on these, you know, intense uh, ski trips and hit a bunch of different, you know, cities with different, you know, crazy mountains in Switzerland or something, um, it, it kind of covers um, potential accidents specific to the activities that you'd be doing. But I personally haven't had a travel insurance other than through my health insurance and credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely hear you on that. I, I, I hear that from um, digital nomads. You know, it's hard to find a travel insurance that has really comprehensive plans. And as a remote worker myself, like you, it can be a headache to find the different requirements that it really requires, right? When it comes to health insurance, especially in other countries. That's why I'm really glad that I found Integra Global and their super, super comprehensive plans. They don't ask their members to build one because how do we know what we'll need, right? Especially when we're traveling abroad. Their insurance covers everything. All of these different things are built in it. So if you want to know more, make sure you check out IntegraGlobal.com and see how they can give you the coverage that you'll need and make Maybe some you never knew you would. And I do have to say during the pandemic, obviously it's still happening now, but when it was just brand new and people were stuck overseas, Integra actually had coverage plans for that. And there were some insurance companies that actually didn't have that. So they're really incredible and they're super comprehensive. So make sure you go to IntegraGlobal.com. Awesome. So now, Jen, I have a few fun questions for you very quick, and you have to answer in one sentence for each. Sounds okay. good? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. So what is the worst food that you have ever eaten and why? Oh, cow balls. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, tell us more. Where? Okay, now I'm like one sentence, but now I'm like cow balls. Tell us more, Jen. Where did you taste this delicacy and how did it taste? <laughs> well, I, I, I've had it once in, where is it? Well, I've had it in, once in New York 
which was a traumatizing experience and it had, but it had like a pesto sauce. So it was slightly better. And I had it again in Australia and I just, there's no way I'm ever going to, ever going to like it. It's just a <laughs> texture. It's just, <laughs> you can't get over the texture. Yeah. I love that you did it twice though. You're like, maybe it was the pesto sauce that time. This yeah, time, yeah. maybe they'll prepare it better. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I mean, everyone deserves a second chance, right? Yeah. I'm like, I like a girl like you, Jen, you know, you, you didn't like it first time. Give them a, a second chance. You never know. Maybe it was the chef, you know, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. But now I can cross that off the, off the list. And exactly. Yeah. What has been the best money you've ever spent while abroad and why? Hmm. I think that every time I'm somewhere abroad. I always find a local like telecom store, so like something like Verizon, and I buy SIM card. Mm. It's one of the first things that I do, and it's normally super cheap. And they always have a good plan for tourists, so always a money best spent because I hate not having internet, um, especially in a foreign country. Yeah. That's so true. I love that. And just in case of emergencies, that's always good to have. All right, so describe what your ideal day would look like. I think I already kind of am living that right now. I go to the beach in the morning and um, kind of walk around, actually take like naps during the day because I work US, UK hours. So that's my, my nighttime. Yeah, it's just the day, how I'm living today is that I work, I connect with people, my team, we have meetings, we talk about what needs to get done today. And then kind of work through the day and, and, and then repeat the next day. <laughs> that is amazing. I love hearing that. Now, if you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? Um, teleport, teleportation, because I'm always late. <laughs> especially if you're also an avid traveler, that would be so much easier, especially now with like airplanes and stuff. Oh. <laughs> What's the one thing you wish you did sooner? Starting my own company. Love that. Awesome. I love all of your answers, Jen, because they're like from the, you know, the cow balls to, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And to living the the day that you actually love, like your ideal day is the one that you're living now is incredible. So speaking of that, let's fast forward to around 30 to 40 years from now. And you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave? And what do you want to be remembered for? Yeah, I, I think that when I kind of thought about like starting on my own, not just being a digital nomad, but starting my own company, the question that you have to ask yourself is like, what are you like that? What you just asked me, right? What, what do you want to leave behind? Like, what do you want to be known for? And I kind of had to do a little bit of soul searching, but my my real mission is to build something that brings people together and grow from shared experiences. I'm a connector. That's just my personality. As you can tell, I, I like networking. I like meeting new people and my friends are all over the world. So that's why I kind of built my company, Levanter, which is kind of trip collaboration tool, right? Yes. That's just one tool. That's just one way that I'm getting started in terms of achieving that, but really kind of building my own startup. Hopefully that takes off and, and additional kind of products or platforms or communities that I want to create through that, hopefully bring people together, inspire and encourage people to travel further, explore the unknown, and also have a charitable arm, so to speak, that allows kids or, or you know, young adults uh, to travel to somewhere completely new. 
some are completely different. And I really do think that being exposed to different cultures and different types of people and environment really reduces your prejudice, uh, makes you more empathetic. And I want to kind of make sure that that experience is not just something that only a handful experience, you know, has, but that's something that it becomes more and more universal, regardless of your income status or your economic standing in the society. Love that. I love that legacy that you want to leave. Thank you so much for being here today, Jen. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? I can give you a link to our Instagram. You can DM me at any time. I can, I'm also actually happy to provide my email address, jen, J-E-N, at lavanter.com. It's L-E-B-A-N-T-R.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jen. We really appreciate you for being here and for sharing your incredible story with us. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Jen. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to conduct customer interviews to provide the best products and services for your audience. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey, and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.